So Brian, when you run out of HDMI ports, which I imagine you do uh, <laughs> on your TV, uh, do you, what do you do? Do you, do you just switch them out as you need a new device to plug in? Do you just unplug something else and then plug it in later if you need it again? I used to do that. I used to do that. But um, both my major televisions, uh, I'm running through receivers, and oh. I make sure to get receivers that have at least four so that I don't have to do it anymore. All right, but I used to do it all the time. Maybe I need to invest in a receiver. I was looking at these HDMI switchers, but I imagine that's like the the not very good way of, of handling this problem. Like the real, like the professional way is to get a receiver, right? I I mean, I would assume actually it's a similar principle to be honest. So you might be fine just getting a switcher. Um, I haven't looked into those, but yeah, I mean, I just, for me, it's just easier. Right now I'm, I'm doing, I'm like an animal. I'm pulling, <laughs> pulling out HDMI <laughs> cords and plugging in new ones. I mean, I have so many different devices that, that require HDMI inputs that it's, uh, it's getting kind of silly and it's silly that, I mean, that I have these many devices in the first place, but I do, I have like the, the PlayStation, the region free player, the Roku box. So my TV has three HDMI inputs. So that is essentially what I usually have is like the two different Blu-ray players and then the Roku box. Now I also have like a Amazon Fire TV stick and I have a Chromecast and I have something else that I think has an HDMI input, but um, the two, like the the region free player is usually the one that I'll just like unplug and plug something else into because I don't use that one every day. But um, and so like the the more important ones are like the Roku and the PlayStation. I think they're like the never unplug these ones HDMI ports. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just I I run it. I I'm always running out of HDMI ports. I'm always running out of outlets to plug things into. I'm always running out of USB ports on my computer, and uh, it's just never enough. But yeah, the receiver—that's a good idea. That's a. I mean, then I can get a real sound system going instead of like the budget one that I have pieced together that is uh, probably embarrassing for audiophiles. If they, <laughs> I would never invite anyone over to look at my setup just because I'd be embarrassed to show them what I'm actually listening to stuff on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine's mine's pretty cheap. I think it's like an some kind of Samsung knockoff, like on Onkyo, or I don't even know how to say it, but the the O one. Um, that, you know, you can get relatively cheaply through Amazon or Target, you know, 5.1 basic setup, but has the HDMIs, which I love. So a little bit of follow-up from last week. We talked about the Comic-Con panel by Scream Factory and Shot Factory, and in it they had announced that they're going to be releasing David Cronenberg's Rabid and Dead Ringers. And they have already unveiled uh, cover art and release dates. So these are um, Rabbit is coming out on November 22nd. Um, they haven't, I don't think they've announced any supplements. Uh, those those have been, haven't been finalized yet. And there's going to be another announcement uh, later detailing that. But at least they have posted the cover art for it. And uh, <laughs> the first thing that I thought of when I saw the cover art for Rabbit have you have you seen I'm sure you have because it's it would be impossible for you not to have but like have you been seeing everyone using that new 
in that new uh, iPhone photo filter app. Um, Prisma. Prisma, yeah. Yes. Where it like turns photographs into fake pieces of art. Yes. I was showing my daughter last night. We were making pictures with it. The cover for Rabid <laughs> looks like they just took a still from the movie and 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 uh, ran it through Prisma. <laughs> I see what you're getting at now that you mention it. <laughs> I'm not. It's not bad, but it's just it's funny like to see this in the middle of this surge in Prisma pictures online right now. But uh, I'm 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 excited. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this one stacks up against the Arrow release, but. Uh, it's cool that they've that they're already so close to releasing it, and, and I think you mentioned this last week. But like, yeah, you're right; these these are coming in November. That's very cool. And then on November fifteenth, the week earlier, uh, they're going to be releasing Dead Ringers, and they also have a new piece of cover art for it, and uh, also have not detailed any of the supplements that are going to be included on this. Um, those will come later. I think both of these are available to pre-order right now. If you want to go to Shout Factory's website, they and I think you can. They have that same that similar deal where if you pre-order it, you can get it a couple weeks early, as well as get a poster for it. I don't think they're doing any kind of crazy limited edition versions of these titles, but if you're excited about these ones and you want to get them early, um, go ahead and just pre-order them from Shout Factory directly. Okay, so big news, the big news of the week is has to be this announcement that Lionsgate is going to be starting a new line celebrating the films of Vestron Video. Yeah. This was just announced yesterday, I think, and um, this kind of came out of nowhere. Like I hadn't heard any rumors that this was happening, and just all of a sudden we now have two titles detailed and even more titles uh room not rumored but actually like confirmed in in the press release that went out um so do you want to talk a little bit about who vestron video was um like what they were as a um you know a piece of of uh you know home video entertainment history <laughs> Well, I'll do my best. Um, I mean, you know, for those of us that grew up w- watching movies on VHS, especially genre movies, which I would assume a lot of our listeners did or do, you know, remember doing, um, Vestron was a company that I think they had, did they have a deal with um, New World? I'm not Ti- sure. Uh, Time Life, I think. Ah, okay. Um, I was but yeah. I was just reading the history of, of Vestron video uh, nice. a little bit earlier, so I I have all this stuff fresh in my brain. Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean they, you know they they were sort of a smaller company, or so they seemed. Um, that you would see their you know very specific emblem on the side of a lot of horror, uh, mostly horror movies, but definitely some action movies and other genre related stuff. But um, yeah, people definitely noticed when they. They they had sort of made it known, Lionsgate had made it known they were going to put um, Chopping Mall out. Okay. Uh, uh, well, it was sort of leaked by um, Winorski on his Facebook page at some point. And then Blood Diner popped up, and that was new. But the, the cover art is what got people's attention twofold. One is that it has that Vestron logo on the side, 
um, and two that the spines were numbered, which we can talk about in a minute. But yeah, but yeah, Vestron was just a staple of my youth. Um, they have a really great. I would highly recommend people look up, you know, Vestron video logo and the little music that comes mm, with it. Totally. <laughs> it's just a great, I had it as a ringtone for a while, but, um, <laughs> so it's, it's just a really neat nostalgic company and they have ties to a lot of movies that are sort of cult movies now, um, like Chopping Mall, uh, and Blood Diner. Do you know, is there, is there someone at Lionsgate that is like spearheading this that, is there just like someone who who's kind of been arranging this that is like a more public figure for this? Like, I'm just worried that this is going to be like some some of Lionsgate's home video projects, you know, notably like the Studio Canal one, like never really had any kind of like public face as far as like, you know, social media or anything. And so I feel like that one kind of died on the vine. And I'm just I hope this one manages to like just because that the library of stuff that they could potentially release uh is so huge uh i wonder you know i hope that they're they're gonna like have a more public face you know in the way that screen factory arrow criterion kino like all these companies all these uh, distributors have i feel like they all have someone like enthusiastically spearheading this stuff and i just hope they do with this as well yeah, not that I've seen so far, unfortunately, but um, I did find like a there's a there's like a f- unofficial fan created Vestron video Facebook page kind of that just started uh, as a result of this announcement, <laughs> and, and they've kind of put together like a little Facebook page with like collecting all the news and everything, and you know created some artwork and images and stuff for. Um, for these announcements, almost as though like they wanted, so you know, uh, Lionsgate to do this for them, and they weren't, so they just did it themselves. <laughs> nice, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the kind of company that certainly could inspire that kind of passion. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, it's exciting because they're, you know, they're talking about multiple titles, um, numbered spines. Uh, they, they, they mentioned Waxworks, Waxwork and Waxwork 2, Chud and Chud 2, and Re- Return of the Living Dead 3 as, uh, the next group of titles that are supposedly coming in this line. I would hope, um, hopefully not naively that because they're putting so much care into the packaging and bothering to make it a series and spine numbers and stuff that they will actually take some care um, I mean, we know that Chopping Mall has some significant extras. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that'll be the case with all of these movies, but at the very least, I'm hoping that they do a decent job with the transfers, which unfortunately Lionsgate is not known for at all. Um, so I'm a little nervous that, you know, it'll totally, I doubt there'll be much, I mean, Chopping Mall again, may, maybe that's a case where they, you know, they have participation of the filmmaker and so elements were found and, but I hope that's the case with these other ones because they are sort of much beloved titles and I'd love to see them treated um, nicely. So Blood Diner has had past DVD releases, though. It's been available. I think it, let's see, it was a part of a horror collection bundle um, that they put out uh, a few years back, Lionsgate did, uh, on DVD, but... um, it also has a German Blu-ray, which a German I have. Blu-ray. Okay, yeah. yeah, I have that blue. Um, is that a recent one? Oh, let's, let's see. Um, I 
I'm gonna say last year. It looks like March of last year it came out. I think. Um, and I can't remember if it's region free or not. It might be. There's a couple of. Oh yeah, you're right. March of 2015. Um, oh yeah, yeah the, it is region free. I forget, yeah, so yeah, kind of available in the states if you wanted to import it. But you know, like I said, with any luck, this is a maybe a new transfer or something. So these ones, these new Lionsgate uh, collector series, they're going to retail at thirty nine ninety nine, essentially at thirty nine ninety seven. So like kind of the Criterion uh, MSRP price point which is kind of high for for anyone other than criterion to to go that high for a collector's edition of a title like not even you know not even like the twilight time discs retail for that much so that is kind of high for yeah. a just a two a single disc presumably version of this film we'll see though yeah that is a little concerning maybe that means that you know they're going to spend some money on them and that's why the high price point but that doesn't necessarily make even a great special edition that's like above you know shout factory scream factory prices so that's they're putting themselves in a, an interesting position to start but it's exciting nonetheless totally and yeah i mean we'll just have to wait and see how these end up um this is coming out on September 27th uh will be the Blood Diner is uh, are Blood Diner and Chopping Mall coming out on the same day? Yes, okay. I believe so. Yes. Um. And these are these limited, or is it just, a, you know, are they just being called collector series? There's no like limited nature to these. That's that I'm not sure about. I don't. I can't really tell from what I've read so far if they're limited. I wouldn't think so. Okay. But. Um. So. We know, okay, so we know these two titles plus a few other ones that are on the way. Is there anything, like, do you have, have you seen anyone posting any kind of, like, wish list of titles that Vestron did that, um, you know, people like Scream Factory or Arrow haven't done yet that might fit in with this line? I haven't seen a wish list, but I have seen... um... Over the years, Scream Factory, Scream Factory re- respond to people's inqui- inquiring about certain titles like Alligator. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Maximum Overdrive. Mm-hmm. There are definitely a bunch of horror titles that Lionsgate is the keeper of that Scream would, I, as far as I know, would love to have released. So hopefully, I don't know, they'll dig deep and, and pull out some gems that people have been waiting for for years. There are a lot of uh, old websites around. I was, I was just googling around for Vestron like artwork uh, before we started recording, and man, there are so many pages and pages of VHS art uh, for Vestron. So there's a lot of a lot of material out there uh, if you're if you're looking. Yeah, they were a very prolific company. I mean. I had a couple video stores in my hometown. Their horror section was made almost exclusively of, you know, Vestron tapes. So what do you think of the spine numbers? Are you are you pro spine number in this case? Yeah, I mean, definitely in that it seemed, like I said, that they are, are taking this seriously and, and trying to make it, you know, collectible um, so that, again, I hope more care will be taken. Um, 
but I don't know if I'm going to feel the need to collect all of them or not. Uh, you know, we'll see. It's it's neat to have. I've I'm, I've never been too sl- sort of slavish to uh, spine numbers, although I do appreciate them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm very curious to see how this turns out and whether or not, you know, like you said, if the transfers are good and, you know, these releases are just like consistently stacked, then uh, I don't think I I don't think this is a line that I will obsessively collect. But, you know, I will certainly keep my eye on it and see whether or not like, you know, if they manage to get more sci fi stuff in here as well as, you know, the kind of schlocky horror stuff. Um, I mean, that's obviously like where my heart lies is with more sci-fi. And so uh, I hope that they get, you know, some of that stuff in here. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. All right. So some other cool stuff has been announced. I guess the the next biggest news of the week is that there is a pre-order page. This is something that I think we talked about here. I know we talked about it on the newsstand on uh, over at the great, uh, you know, like on, on our other show. Um, but, uh, earlier this year, later last, you know, like late last year, I forget when it was that this was announced, but the BFI is going to be releasing Avogance's Napoleon, the 1927 film, uh, on Blu-ray as well as theatrically, uh, later this year. And there's now a pre-order page on Amazon UK, as well as a little clip, uh, showing off the restoration that they'll be using for the Blu-ray. Uh, the Blu-ray is coming out November 22nd. The release is going to be a three-disc Blu-ray, I think. The film is five and a half hours long. And um, at this point, we don't really know how the, the triptych nature of the film is going to be handled on the Blu-ray. But um, I'm sure more details will come out as we get closer to it. Um, and I think there's going to be some other... I, I forget where the other supplements are listed. They're not on this page that I'm looking at right now, but... Um, the, we also don't know who in the U S is going to be handling this as far as a home video release goes. I mean, Criterion has certainly expressed interest in releasing something like this. Um, but they, you know, haven't confirmed anything yet. And there is a different, there are like competing restorations out there right now. And so and as well as like competing, you know, like there's going to be different soundtracks because of the the music used in the UK one is going to be different than the music used here in the US based on um, who has the rights to the to these films plus the music. Um, so right now you can pre-order it for thirty two pounds. Um, I'm sure the price will kind of fluctuate over the next few months uh, before it's actually released. Um, oh, okay, so the, some of the other sp- special features that are going to be included on this, there's going to be a documentary about Avogance, as well as an interview with Carl Davis on recording the score for this film, and a 60-page illustrated book with essays uh, on the film, plus and, and on the film and the music, um, and then there's going to be other extras uh, on the way. But this is going to be region locked for region B, so you'll need a region free player if you don't want to just kind of wait and see what happens as far as the a US release goes i mean it seems uh unlikely that it will happen this year and so you might have to wait until next year and so if you really want to see this movie and you know you don't live in the UK and you can't go see it theatrically which is something that i've you know i would love to do and i I'm, I'm so kind of disappointed in myself that i didn't go to that berkeley or that uh, san francisco screening that happened several years ago 
where they, it was like a once in a you know once in a decade kind of event where they you know put together these this amazing series of screenings of the film and uh, we you know where they projected onto three different uh screens for the for the the triptych uh part of the film um but anyway i'm definitely going to pre-order this blu-ray no matter what um so let's see what else do we have here the um 88 films has uh detailed the upcoming release of the mad dog killer uh i can't remember now if this was part of that um that Indiegogo campaign of theirs that we had talked about. Um, I don't maybe think I'm, so, uh, but I might be misremembering that. I don't think it was. Studio Canal has announced uh, that on September 19th, there's going to be a new Almodovar collection, uh, collecting a number of uh, early films, um, including Dark Habits, What Have I Done to Deserve This, Law of Desire, um, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, uh, Flower of My Secret, Kika. So that uh, a pretty solid collection. I mean, this is going to be a UK release, but um, definitely something to consider importing. Although there are rumors, I think someone had tweeted a while back that Criterion was going to be working on getting, you know, the films of Almodovar in into the collection. So they might also be working on something like this here in the States eventually, if not just like individual releases of all these films, but uh, having them collected into this is pretty appealing for me. Um, let's talk about some of the stuff that Kino has announced over the past couple of days. Just yesterday, they announced a new 2k restoration of uh, night people. Oh, you know what has been announced that is uh, very interesting I know you've been hotly anticipating this. Not really. Hmm. There's a new 4K restoration of Showgirls coming. <laughs> I am kind of excited about I this prospect. <laughs> uh, so this is coming to French cinemas in September. Um, there's presumably going to be a new Blu-ray coming out. Uh, oh, this, so the Blu-ray is in France, at least, is coming out on the same day as the, the theatrical. Um, the... There is a Blu-ray right now in the States, but, uh, you know, presumably this will get re-released once this 4K restoration goes around uh, here. But, uh, you know, one of those so-bad-they're-good movies that everyone should have in their collection. Yeah, it's it's transcendent in a very special way. Uh, Eureka announced a few things uh, over the past day or so. They are going to be releasing... <clears throat> The Robert Aldridge film Twilight's Last Gleaming, uh, starring uh, Charles Dunning and Richard Widmark and um, who else is Bert, in that movie? Burt Lancaster? Burt Lancaster, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Joseph Cotton's in it also. Um, I think they've also said online that they're going to be announcing one more title on Thursday. Um, so keep your eyes open on Twitter for that one. They also, uh, Eureka at least, has announced a few other titles, including um, Stigmata, Wolf Creek, the first series. Um, these are titles that aren't coming to the Masters of Cinema, but are just going to get released in the UK by Eureka. Uh, Alloys, Alloys, uh, is also coming in October. These are all like, this is their October line of, of titles. 
has anyone released Twilight's Last Gleaming here in the States? I don't think so. Um, and if I recall, it might have gotten a DVD, I guess, but I feel like it was a hanger on for, you know, only VHS and Laserdisc home video release for a long time. Oh, yeah. So it looks like Olive released a DVD of this oh, ba- okay. back in 2012. There we go. So maybe Olive might have the rights to it here in the States and, and be working on a Blu-ray. Yeah, maybe it'll be part of that new series they're doing. Oh, right. What was the name of the new series that they were doing? Um, like, I, I thought it was Select, but it wasn't. It was something else. <laughs> yeah. I don't I think, think they would, would like copy Shout yeah, Select on which that. Which is why I was like, that makes no sense. But yeah, I, I forget now what it was called. Yeah, um, we, we talked about that a couple of weeks back, uh, Olive's new line, where they're re-releasing um, some titles, uh, including like High Noon uh, in that one. Yep, High Noon and Johnny Guitar were the first two. Yeah, what was that called? Olive Signature. Signature. Glenn Gray, Glenn Ross is getting uh, a re-release on Blu-ray. This has had a Blu-ray release, right? This is already out there. Why is it? Why are they doing it again uh, on Blu-ray? Is it it for sure on Blu? Maybe not. Maybe I'm... I could be wrong. I, I just know I only had it on DVD, I think. But I could have been behind the times and not picked it up. Oh, maybe it was just a UK Blu-ray. So there's a UK Blu-ray that came out in 2012. Ah. But, um, oh yeah, so it hasn't had a US Blu-ray release. Just, um, so it's it's available in HD on iTunes right now. And Vudu, I have it on Vudu. And Vudu and Amazon. Um, but there are, and there are Blu-rays in Germany, the UK, and Italy. But yeah, this is the first Blu-ray. That's crazy. I just, I guess I just I would always assume that it was out on Blu-ray here. Yeah, I, I did too. When you said it, I was like, well, of course it must have been. Makes no sense not to have been. It's such a classic. But I do feel like maybe for a lack of a Blu-ray, people don't talk about that movie quite as much anymore. Um, they it, definitely, it, it's not forgotten by any means, but for as good as it is and as for as many memorable scenes as it has, I feel like it should be quoted basically every day. Well, you should listen to this podcast called Back to Work on the 5x5 Network with (laughs) Dan Benjamin and Merlin Mann because they quote that movie constantly. And uh, and so, uh, yeah, if you want to hear people make a lot of Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross jokes, then go listen to that podcast. It's a great podcast, even if you don't care about the references. Yeah, I I sometimes just like quote it to myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like when I, when I'm trying to gather my thoughts, sometimes I'll be like, "What are we talking about? What are we talking about?" You know, just just little fragments of it are a part of my vernacular in my head. I think that might be it for news. Was there okay? So, uh, the Lion in Winter is coming to Blu-ray, or you know, getting a a new Blu-ray release uh, with a new restoration of the film, part of the Studio Canal Vintage Classics line that I've mentioned before uh, in the UK. Um, I think that might be, let's see if this is, who has the rights here in the States for this one. This one has had uh, just a regular MGM Blu-ray release. Oh no, it hasn't had a Blu-ray release. This is another one that hasn't had a Blu-ray here in the States. There's a listing for it on Blu-ray.com, but no release. Um, maybe this one just hasn't had a a Blu-ray. Interesting. It's available on Amazon in HD and Ultraviolet, uh, so it must be Voodoo. Um, cool. I'm excited. Hopefully this will push a, 
you know, maybe like a Criterion Blu-ray or maybe, you know, one of the many, uh, you know, uh, licensors. So we'll see. What's this um, WellGo USA Phantasm announcement? This is interesting. Oh, yeah. So um, let's see. Where do we have here? Oh, here we go. So uh, they've got... Okay, so WellGo... I think someone actually even tweeted at us. So forgive me uh, to the listener who tweeted this at me because I totally remember seeing it now. Like right after we recorded last week, they were like, oh, you know, follow up for Phantasm. Um, So WellGo has uh, got the rights to the Phantasm films including the all-new 4K restoration of Phantasm, uh, Phantasm Remastered, uh, and then as well as never-before-seen HD restorations of Phantasm 3 and 4, and uh, the fifth and final film, Phantasm Ravager. So there's going to be new Blu-ray and DVD collector's edition set of the films uh, later this year, as well as individual releases of each of the titles. Um, I don't think we have any m- more information than that, but... Um, I'll definitely, you know, keep an eye on that. This one, so the, they've been showing that, that remastered Phantasm. When did they show that? Did they show that at like Buttonomathon last year? Oh, was it done already then? I don't know why. I, I feel like, was... pe- I feel like people have seen that, that remastered. 4K? Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to go look now. Uh, but. I don't know why I was under the impression it was still being worked on. Maybe they were just recently. showing off like parts of it. Um. I don't remember now. This is gonna this is gonna be uh, a hard rabbit hole to follow. Um, anyway, um, I think that might be it then for news. Yes. All right. So let's talk about what came out this week. So uh, there's no Criterion release this week, but there are quite a lot of uh, excellent titles to pick up, um, and some ones that you maybe want to avoid. <laughs> Well, I mean, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a criterion worthy. It's a Scream Factory special edition, collector's edition, but it's definitely, you know, worthy of a criterion type, you know, release, I guess. Absolutely. Um, One of my favorite films, I think a film that improves upon the original. Um, This might be like the best of the adaptations of that film uh, or of that story. You know, it's been adapted into, you know, other films later on. And uh, this is one that I think is just iconic, um, you know, like the imagery of, you know, the the, the screaming, um, what's his name at the end of the movie? Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland is just like, you know, one of those moments in cinema that, you know, you could just show out of context and people would probably know what it was from. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, the screenshots that I've seen uh, of the of this release, compa- so I have the Arrow release. I haven't had a chance to watch the Scream Factory one yet, um, but the all the screenshots and reviews that I've seen seem like this one is a little bit better than the Arrow release, and so definitely worth picking up, as well as for all the new supplements that are included on it. Yeah, it's a solid Scream Collector's Edition. Uh, so definitely add this one to your list. Um, the other. Let's see, the other one. So there was the David Cronenberg's Early Works release in the UK this week from Arrow. Uh, this is the one that I think was included in that Videodrome Collector's Edition is now and is now being broken out uh, and, you know, released on its own uh, through Arrow. Um, you know, the the next biggest ones, I think, are have to be like the, the Kino stuff, like Mark of Zorro, uh, definitely. 
Yeah, that's that's huge. Um, I don't think as many people know Rawhide, but it's a pair of Tyrone Power movies they're they're putting out this week. Um, yeah, those are the next big catalog. Um, and then you've got some, you know, art house new releases that are kind of high profile, like uh, High Rise, the, High Rise, uh, and the Lobster. I'm thinking, yeah, of. definitely Ben Wheatley's High Rise, the adaptation of the J.G. Ballard book starring Tom Hiddleston. Uh, this has made a lot of people's best of the year list, um, and so definitely uh, a, something to check out. Yeah, um, I'm curious about it, although I've heard a few things that, I don't know, I, I just have, Wheatley's a very interesting filmmaker, a uh, very unique voice. I'm not 100% sure he's my guy yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like what he does, but there's something that I just don't, fully connect with his movies maybe that's the point but um yeah something throws me about him so i'm a little concerned about this one but i definitely want to see it this week the folks at g kids and universal released the film uh april in the extraordinary world this was a french film that played at the uh portland international film festival earlier this year and i think aaron might have reviewed it for our site um so I'll go and find a link for the for his review in the show notes. But, um, you know, again, like we talked about with The Boy and um, what was the one that just came out? The Boy in His World? The Boy in the... Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, like, you know, it's another uh, international animated film released on Blu-ray through G-Kids um, who are just kind of like the, the now go-to company for, you know, art house international animated features. Um, and they put together, you know, solid releases, with you know um, a number of supplements and uh, definitely worth uh, checking out especially if you love animation and you love uh, you know I mean I guess like the the supplements on this release there's like a short like a half an hour documentary of it as well as the theatrical release and then kind of trail like previews for some of the other films that they do oh boy in the world was the other one that I was thinking of but you know they obviously have done like other studio Ghibli stuff like the tale of princess Kaguya and um the uh when marnie was there and then only yesterday just recently and song of the sea and um the boy and the beast or what was that one i'm thinking uh, th- that, that wasn't one, g kids that was that's that's not g kids that's funimation but animation um, i get yeah. crossed no totally uh april in the extraordinary world is kind of like um you know a little steampunky and uh definitely uh very interesting all right uh Let's see what else do we have here. Did you did you get to see the lobster? I'm just curious. I haven't, but I've heard so many people talk it up. Uh, I I really want to. I mean, it's. Have you seen it yet? Already? We just finished it last night. Okay, so so it's kind of like a. Is it like a dark comedy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, there's. <laughs> it's such. A, it's a really strange movie because I mean, obviously, I I haven't seen um the filmmaker's other work. I haven't seen Dog Tooth, and I haven't seen. Crap! I can't remember the other one that he did. Um, off the top of my head, but I mean, he's got a really specific sensibility. That's, I mean, it's there's a lot of brilliant things about it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of harsh things about it. I mean, the comedy is very, very dark, and then it just goes straight dark in in places, um, and kind of cruel. And that's that's hard for me to reconcile. But I mean, that's obviously one of the unique things about the movie is this tonal uh, high wire act that it's trying to pull off. Um, but man, there are some just, <laughs> I mean, things that like, I feel like Terry Gilliam would watch like certain bits where it's just totally 
you know, flat, dry delivery, but it's absolutely hilarious in this way. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything in particular, but I feel like it's uh, Terry again. Terry Gilliam will watch it and go, "Oh, that's that's pretty good," you know, like because it's even like more subtle um, than I feel like he ever played it. Um, so it's a really unique movie, definitely worth seeing. Um, your mileage may vary a little bit as far as if you can if you can make it through the tonal things that it's doing. Um, plus there's a ton of buildup, which is, which is hard. And I think that's really tough on a movie like this, which is so, so different. So, but I'm very curious what you think when you see it. Yeah. I, I it's, it's on my list for sure. Um, a few other ones. There's the new Batman animated film from Warner brothers, uh, adapting the killing joke. This one has certainly divided audiences. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've, most of the reviews seem to be negative of this yeah. adaptation. <laughs> it is, yeah, that's what I've seen, too. Uh, everyone that I've talked to who's seen it, you know, some people who saw it at Comic-Con, um, there were a lot of reviews coming out of Comic-Con, uh, very negative. Like, a lot of people did not like the changes that they made to the story, and um, I still haven't seen it yet. I, I've been As soon as I saw the negative reviews, I kind of just put it, like, into the pile of well maybe i'll watch it later uh <laughs> once i you know once i have like lots of free time and i'm just like okay what do i what have i not watched that i can that i want to see like i love you know the team of people who worked on this you know they got kevin conroy and mark hamill back to voice the, the you know like the joker and batman and um john dimaggio is in it and you know like it's a you know, it's a it's a classic Batman story in that like, you know, well, I guess it's like a it's a very popular Batman story. You know, it's a very grim Batman story. And it's something that people talk about a lot when you, you know, whenever you start getting into comics, like these are some of the graphic novels that are brought up as being like, oh, we got to read this one. And, um, you know, it was just like it was disappointing to see that they changed some things to, for the worse. And, you know, I don't want to spoil anything here. So. You know, if you if you're interested in this movie and you are at all worried about them not doing it right, um, you know, just <laughs> look up some reviews and just see how how what they change because it seems pretty disappointing. Um, but you know, I've I've enjoyed most of the other Batman animated films that Warner Brothers has done over the past few years, so um, I'll, I'll probably will still go and watch this one eventually. Um, let's see. Shot Factory released another one of their kind of animated comic uh, releases with uh, Red Sonia, Queen of Plagues. This is the um, what is who is the uh, the woman who Gail Simone is that the lady who does? I think she's the one who writes the uh, this this run of uh, of Red Sonia comics. And um, oh, she yeah she and she directed it. Uh, I guess directed it in that she wrote the story and so this is kind of like an adam animated uh version of it um let's see what else do we have here shout factory has also released uh, another one of their 4k kind of imax documentaries this one on humpback whales and uh i haven't watched this one yet either but uh i love these imax uh, films that they've been releasing including like the voyage to space one and there was like a butterflies one as well and so uh these are great i mean these are kind of like you know eye candy for me yeah I'd, i would definitely consider picking one or two of these up when i get my 4k setup going at some point in the distant future <laughs> 
Hopefully not so distant. I was really excited that you f- noticed that Heathcliff, the complete series, landed on DVD today from Mill Creek. Yeah, man. Mill Creek is just like killing it as far as like, you know, classic TV shows released uh, completely for practically zero dollars. I mean, like much closer to zero dollars than like past, you know, it's, it's 20 bucks for all of Heathcliff. Uh, that's crazy. 86 episodes. I mean, that's like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, when we were kids and V and TV shows were being released on VHS and, you know, they'd release like two episodes on a tape Yeah. and it was just like so expensive. And those tapes would be like $20 or more. Uh, I'm thinking of like Star Trek episodes, <laughs> but you know, uh, I would, I would like project into the future. Like, well, this is how much it's going to cost to collect TV shows in the future. And I was like, this is just, uh, way beyond my price range. Like there's no way we can afford this. And, uh, you know, as DVDs started getting released, they would, you know, start doing like, you know, a few episodes on a disc or they'd start releasing some TV shows would just be like really expensive. Like, you know, when the Sopranos came out on DVD and the, and Star Trek, the next generation came out on DVD, like on in full season, uh, box sets, they were just like, you know, over a hundred dollars. And now we have companies like Mill Creek who are just putting out these massive box sets for, 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 you know, a fraction of the cost of, you know, what, what it's been in the past. And I just, I love them for that. Yeah. I do too. Even if these are like, you know, uh, bare bones and even if they're like, you know, whatever transfer they had available to them, like it's still like, you know, you're getting kind of what you pay for in this and no, but no one else is doing, you know, anything this cheap for a complete set here in the States. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that they, I mean, they seem aware of the fact they're like, okay, people will only pay so much for, or, or we think, you know, bare bones is only worth so much and, and it kind of lines up a little bit more with a consumer, what a consumer might think. Cause usually that doesn't happen. Usually they're like, we know it's bare bones, but we're still going to charge you a little bit more. But yeah, they seem to get it. Um, and I went down a rabbit hole today when I was looking at the Heathcliff listing on Amazon. And suddenly, it was tagged with like the real Ghostbusters yeah. volumes one through five. Uh, next month on September sixth, Dennis the Menace, the complete series, the I animated mean, series. That's a lot of cool animation. I mean, obviously we are animation junkies, and so it's really hard to resist like I had the Ghostbusters in my cart I had Heathcliff in my cart <laughs> you know I really want to show because I'm having Raven I'm having this struggle with my daughter where she was really excited to see Ghostbusters um, and now she's backed off and and in having seen it there's one scene that I feel like you know I might have to cover her eyes it's a little too intense for her but the rest is pretty straightforward and I think she'd actually really like it Wait, are we um, talking about we're talking about the original Ghostbusters movie? Well, yes. No, we're talking about the new Ghostbusters oh, okay. movie. But how that tracks back to this is that I can't. She suddenly backed off wanting to go, so now it's a joke. I'll be like, you know, we'll get up one morning. I'll be like, we're we gonna go see Ghostbusters today, and she'll be like, no, <laughs> we're still not going. Um, so I'm like, what if I what if I started her on the real Ghostbusters cartoon, which I used to love, yeah, and kind of get her into that world, and then you know, sell it as the girls. I, I think I can do it. I, it's the scheming part of um, my manipulation of my daughter that uh, goes on behind the scenes. What was the other Ghostbusters show with the gorilla? Is it just called Ghostbusters? Yeah. Like, oh, Filmation's Ghostbusters? Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, it's just straight Ghostbusters, which, you know, created the need for the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, 
Totally, because that Ghostbusters came out in like the seventies, right? That's what the, that one with the with the gorilla and all that. Either that or earlier eighties. I can't remember now when it was actually came. Seventies might be right. It feels like Scooby Doo or something. Wasn't there like a live action counterpart to it as well, like to the one with the gorilla? Well, yeah, but I feel like that actually came way before. I feel like that's like a movie. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back and yeah, go there's down. A, there's the... this crazy picture of like Forrest Tucker, I think, was in it, and somebody else. I don't know. Well, that filmation, yeah, the filmation's Ghostbusters is not part of the Mill Creek line of of complete DVD sets. This one is like <laughs> seventy seven dollars on Amazon right now. So Ugh, uh, it's not. It must be out I'm, of print. I have a filmation problem, so there's no way I would pay $77 for anything they did. I mean, there's a few <laughs> series that I like, but for the most part, I feel like their sense of humor uh, is off, you know, kind of stupid. And their, like, sidekick characters are voiced by similar people, and it's some <laughs> of the most annoying sidekick characters I've ever seen in all of cartoons. No, totally. Like, um, you know, like the He-Man stuff, and then oh. if, if you watch, like... Um, I know people love what's his name Zorko or whatever, yeah, but uh, Orko, yeah, Orko, sorry. Um, but then there are like identical characters if you watch, um, like Brave Star, the, oh, the yeah. one with like the the space Brave cowboy, Star, my God. and they're like you know if you watch that and watch He Man back to back, it's like these characters they just like okay now we need He Man in space and he's a cowboy and we'll just change change some of the characters to to reflect this new environment and they'll you know it'll essentially be watching the same show. Well, it's funny because when Warner Archive brought out Gilligan's Planet. That I I don't know if they were all filmation, but that is filmation, and they even adapted in their dumb sidekick, you know, animals or whatever, into the Gilligan's Island formula, you know. So it's like they clearly were like, we know what we're doing, <laughs> we've got this down. Kids love our wacky comedy, but I always hated it. Anyway, yeah. Um, were there any other new releases this week that we should talk about? I... On your list or ones that you that you saw, like I don't know, like these these Scream Factory ones, like Bite or um... I didn't see that. Although I'm hearing decent things about it, surprisingly, I, okay. it looked uh, somewhat iffy to me. But I've heard a couple people say it's not bad. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting for that one to crop up on Netflix. It feels like one of those that people pick up and then ends up on Netflix like the next week. So I got to ask you, I don't know, did we, I don't know if we talked about this on the air yet, but speaking of Netflix, have you watched Stranger Things yet? Yes. Have you watched all of it? Yes. All right. I haven't watched all of it yet, but I'm on like episode six, I think of eight, or maybe I think I did already finished six, but man, this show, I know, every, I know it's like totally cliche right now for, cause everyone's talking about this show, but man, it's so good. It is so good. Did you see Scott Weinberg's, um, like, like he put out this tweet. It's one of my favorites in a long time. It was like, oh, it was like evolution of a Netflix show. And it was like, one, this show is amazing. Two, you know, like later, like the next week or whatever. This is by weeks. The second week, you know, this, they totally overhyped this show. You know, <laughs> yeah. three, it's, I'm sick of this show already. And then four, <laughs> it sucks. You know, so it's just, <laughs> it's totally true though. It's lately what's been happening. Um, people get really excited, but I, I don't know. I feel like this, I hope our listeners are checking out the show because I mean, it is, it is really solid, really solid stuff. And one of the few shows I've seen recently that, that improves, that gets better as it goes, you know, a lot of, a lot of shows start strong and then maybe they plateau. But for me, I just, there's so many things I love about it on top of, 
amazing shot for shot references and just all this 80s stuff um it's got a, a couple characters well one in particular i won't spoil who that i found to be the most bland and boring in the first couple episodes and ended up becoming my favorite character in the entire series by the end as they sort of developed him in a, the character and allowed um the backstory to come out and allowed that character to kind of do what they would do I don't know I don't want to again I don't want to spoil but yeah it's really great I'm so glad you're digging it I was going to ask you about it but I didn't want to put any undue pressure to watch it no I uh, I I've been really actively avoiding reading reviews of the show other than people just kind of saying how much they love it and seeing like don't watch the trailer either by the way have you seen the trailer I don't even think I've watched it okay don't watch it now because there's it's a bummer my wife and I were in episode six and we went and saw lights out in the theater and they happen to play the trailer in the theater and there's at least one if not two big moments uh-huh. from the last episode the second to last maybe uh-huh. or that are in the trailer that we were just like oh man we didn't know that was coming but now we do so I don't recommend people watching trailers for it if you're gonna watch it maybe if you want to read just a little bit about it but don't watch those trailers because they it's not the worst thing in the world, but it would have been nice to have a couple of those moments be surprises because they'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I, I So I work at a bookstore, and yesterday there was a guy, or maybe it was the other night, but anyway, he there was a guy who came in and was buying some books, and I noticed that he had like a little E.T. tattoo on his arm with like uh-huh. um, like the, the silhouette of the bicycle running up by the moon. Like the Amblin logo? The Amblin logo, essentially, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I like your tattoo. Uh, have you started watching Stranger Things yet? And this guy was just like, he was totally on it. He was like, I just finished it. And we just had this great geek out moment of like, oh, awesome. he like he like rolls up his sleeve and shows me this Falcor tattoo that he has on his shoulder. Oh, my shoulder. gosh, that's awesome, too. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Falcor, that's a great one to get. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, this, uh, this show is bringing people together. Yeah. There's so much ET in there. I mean, there's like, there's a couple of the earlier episodes where I'm like, Whoa, how many ET references in a row can we stack on each other or basically just steal from that show, that movie? But it's just, so. I mean, the kids are great and you know, anyway, we don't have to go on and on about it, but definitely people, if you watch it, if you let us know what you think, um, and if you haven't watched it, maybe try it out. I don't know. A lot of hype, though. Yeah. Um, Matthew Modine, is he the one who's the yeah. the scientist? He's, he's so good. And that, he is so good. That white hair is yes. just amazing. Yes. That's inspired. No, totally. I think I saw, I think Russ Fisher might have tweeted something about him being kind of like a David Cronenberg uh, <laughs> character. <is. laughs> oh, my gosh. And he even kind of looks a little bit like Cronenberg, to be honest. To- yes, just, totally. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, um, the, the white hair though is just a, a stroke of genius. It's yeah. so so perfect. Uh, it made you know I tweeted this, but it makes me want to go back and rewatch uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow just because of all the like similarities thematically, I guess, with that movie as well as kind of like aesthetically, like with the music and everything. Yeah, um, I mean, Stranger Things is certainly much more accessible than yeah. Black Rainbow, but I love that movie. I don't know, it's just one of those mesmerizing. Um, you know, weird on bordering on pretentious, but it's okay with me kind of, kind of throwbacks that it's such an interesting pastiche and mix of references and the music. I, I, I love the movie. Yeah. So next week we have some pretty exciting releases, although next week was when uh, McCabe and Mrs. Miller were supposed to come out from Criterion. And obviously that has been pushed back. Um, but you know, 
there's a new Scooby-Doo movie for you, Brian, next week. I know. I almost was going to buy it on um, digital, but it's it's really pricey, so I think I'll just maybe end up buying the disc. But it's it's weird. It's another <laughs> Scooby-Doo and WWE collaboration. <laughs> was, there, was, was there another one recently? Well, I think it's the last Scooby-Doo animated movie. I could be messing up my chronology, although... I, my daughter would, I, for all the Scooby-Doo I watch, I should know, but um, I think it, there was one with John Cena that oh, was the last uh-huh. one, and, and, and I think this is directly following that. So there's some kind of alignment between the WWE and Warner Brothers and Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I don't really understand, <laughs> but I guess the two have similar audiences, maybe. Yeah. Uh, next week, Arrow releases the individual discs from the... Uh, Kenji Fukusaku's Battles Without Honor and Humanity. These are like the individual releases from that set. And then also Supergirl Season 1 comes out on Blu-ray next week. Um, That Stephen King uh, adaptation from Hulu, 11-22-63 with James Franco, is getting a uh, DVD and Blu-ray release next week. And then there are some like Kino titles like Canadian Pacific, I think, and Caribou Trail and uh, some other stuff. The Cat on a Hot Tin Roof from the Warner Archive comes out next week. The uh, Female Prisoner Scorpion. Oh, the box set. Yeah. Yeah. That just had a huge price drop today, by the way. Oh, really? On Amazon? Uh, is that So that's a US and UK release? Yeah. However, here's some info for folks that really want to go. Right now, and I don't know if this price will hold true when this episode drops, but it might. Uh, it dropped to $78.99. Uh-huh. Um, but somebody told me today that it's actually, uh, I want to say he said like, 73 bucks shipped from the UK if you get that version which I believe is region free so you can actually get it cheaper if you don't mind the um, getting well, it getting it late you know, getting it getting late it. and having the uh, big 18 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll pay the extra money to not have it so oh that's it yeah is it worth the price difference so let's see 59.99 pounds yeah I don't know if that's uh worth it to me to have the <laughs> is so, it crazy how much that that's so uh that's crazy that he got it for 73 right now google is i, I want to say that's the price translating it to 79 89 uh us dollars hmm. so but you know they do include like the vat or the vat value value added tax is that what that is yeah he said that that comes off yeah so, that, so that, that comes off when you order stuff from amazon uk so that might be why it, it dropped down below that uh, yeah, so it was cheaper by I want to say maybe five bucks mm, to order from the UK. I don't think it's worth five dollars. Yeah, I'll me. pay five <laughs> to, to get rid of that <laughs> ugly certificate. Yeah, uh, totally agree. But, but that that's, set, the set looks amazing, and yeah, I'm really excited about this set. I mean, I know it's it's a weird bunch of movies, but um, I've only seen the first one, so and I know that they'll make an amazing set. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I don't know if I have the money right now to pay to buy this, but it's uh, certainly on my list. So yeah, you're right, 37% off list price right now. Um, it is a limited edition box set, so this is going to be one of those titles that you might not want to wait too long on, but I guess we'll have to wait and see uh, 
All right. Well, I hope it sticks around till Christmas at least, but <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah. Right? I mean, cuz they these have been selling out quicker than a few months it feels like sometimes. Well, some of them have and then some of them have just been kicking around like, yeah. you know, the the Jacques Rivette set is probably I don't think that one has sold out yet or like the I think Yoshi- that might be a different audience from this set. <laughs> That's true. I mean, this is definitely the the type of audience that buys things and you know causes them to sell out and then yeah. relist them for a yeah, lot of that's money that's true that happens yeah um all right i have to, i have to do some thinking about this one um but yeah looks like next week is going to be a pretty solid release week um some new 4k blu-rays are coming out um that tom tickford adaptation of hologram for the king is coming out i'm curious about that yeah all right brian see you next week <laughs>